Hello and welcome to Excuse My ADHD, a podcast for adults with or who think they may have ADHD. I'm your host, Jeanette, and this is my journey. Hello and welcome to Excuse My ADHD, episode 27. ADHD Awareness Month. I'm your host, Jeanette, and I'm navigating ADHD one distraction at a time. This is the kickoff to ADHD Awareness Month. In this episode, we'll talk about some of the other important topics that are recognized in October as well. Don't worry if there's some ADHD facts in there for you to share too. But if you're a first-time listener, thanks for tuning in. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. October is a month of many things, one being ADHD Awareness Month. Now, I know it's not October quite yet, but it will be in a few days, and I don't want to miss it or forget. Because if I waited until an October episode, then this wouldn't go out until the middle of the month, and that would kind of be a cheat to the importance of ADHD awareness. This month, there are many other things to bring awareness to. I think we all know that it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, which is really important that your loved ones get screened. There's a few that you may not know. Some of these, after reading them, seem really fitting with ADHD Awareness Month, and some of them are just funny. Talk about Prescriptions Month. Now, this one was born from the opioid crisis. It still applies here, and it applies to everyone. It's especially important with so many abusing ADHD medications, you know, this abuse is the reason it's so hard for us, you know, for those of us who actually need the medication to get it. So make sure you are reading labels, paying attention to manufacturers and generics, which I go into detail about, you know, all of that and how important it can be in episodes 15 and 16, generic versus authorized generics part one and two. Always check with your doctor and pharmacist to ensure that what you have been prescribed does not have any contradictions or interactions that would interfere with any of your other medications, whether prescribed or over-the-counter. You may be taking something not in your record. That could be an issue, and if your doctor doesn't know about it, they can't tell you. You know, Most importantly, talk to your family if you have concerns about anything with opio- opioids or you know, somebody abusing medication, whether it's, you know, an ADHD medication or something else, have those conversations. The next one is organize your medical information month. Okay. Now this might be a good reminder for us to get our ducks in a row for ourselves and our family, especially those of us with family. 
um, maybe even more important for you if you're single, our memories suck, plain and simple. But having a reminder once a year to make sure that all of our information is up to date, it's not necessarily a bad thing. So there's several suggestions for what to do that we should probably all, neurotypical or not, take into consideration. And an article quotes the founder of Organize Your Medical Records Month, Linda Schrager, for some easy steps to get organized. The first one is start with a healthcare notebook. Schrager says the words she lives by are compile it and file it. You want to write down the hospitals you've been to, the doctors you've seen there, what the reason was for being there. Include any and all contact information you have, as well as hospital, physician, name, number, address. You're going to want to make sure you get everything, your family medical history, your mental health history, your medical history. Include any screenings and test results, chronic illnesses, allergies, what the reactions are. The more information you have, the better. And we're going to need help on this one because this is going to take all of the executive functions. I know I can't remember all of mine, but what does help is that um, my prescription records from the places I order, like for instance, CVS or Walgreens, if you have an online account, they usually have a list of the prescription and the doctor that prescribed it, even when it was prescribed, when you took it. All of those could be important things, especially if you're trying to narrow down like an allergy or something. Another place to start could be your insurance company's website. So most of them will have either an explanation of benefits or a claim section that you can review to find the doctors you visited, the dates, prescriptions you filled, etc. And if your family's on there and you have them all linked, all their information will be there too. Many doctors nowadays have online portals where you can get a lot of your information there too. It's just a matter of doing it. The next one is to dig out your children's baby books, which honestly, at this point, it's kind of antiquated. And honestly, I don't know. I know where they're at. I know where my kids' baby books are. I don't think I have filled anything out. Maybe for my son, but it says to categorize all the important information you can find from birth to present. So, you know, if you're like me, you may not know where they are either. You may have started them, but never completed. I kind of have some mom guilt now about the other two, even though I only started my son's, but let's not get worried about this one. You know, your kid's pediatrician should be able to help you out if you don't have a portal that you can log into and get the information, request a copy of their medical records, and you might have to pay for this. So just FYI. And do the same for yourself, your spouse, your parents, anyone whose health that you're managing. You know, you don't need your parents' records if you're not managing their health. I mean, it would be good for them to have this because God forbid anything happened and, you know, you're the one that has to take care of it. Um, I just feel like you just never know. You put it all in a notebook or a binder. And again, you know, I started a binder with my son too, not just the baby book. And I had all the medical records and all the like first year doctor's appointments when he had all of his vaccinations, all that stuff in a binder. And 
you know, I don't have that information for anyone else. So I'm probably going to put that on my to-do list. I feel like being prepared is probably better than not. Keep post-it notes handy. So whenever you need to remember anything, you can jot it down so you don't forget to add it to your healthcare notebook later. Okay. I don't know how I feel about this one. They say use post-it notes for everything, but my worry is that the post-it notes would get lost or thrown away before I ever got a chance to write it down. But if this works for you, you know, do it. Use post-it notes till your heart's content. Put them in your phone, in your notes in your phone. Write them on a whiteboard, just, you know, wherever. Just make sure you have something with you for your note-taking or remembering things. I find if I go to the doctor, I do better if I'm writing things. You know, the things that they say down, my questions, whatever. Otherwise, I get there and I have no idea what I wanted to ask or when I get home, I don't remember what they said. So I try and take my bullet journal with me and just write it straight in there. Um, designate a safe spot. Yeah, that's important because you don't want to put it somewhere. <laughs> I don't know how many of you have safe spots that you think you're going to remember where it is and you put something there and then you can never find it again. But at the time, it made a whole lot of sense. So, you know, just find, I guess, like a common place where all of your important records are, put it there, um, make a note somewhere so you can find it, note to yourself, whatever. Once it's out of your head and in a safe place, then just forget about it all until the next year when it's organize your medical history month again and where, you know, your history changes or something. It's not something I'm very good at, but I think at a minimum, at least starting something so you have a point at which to move forward, having a list of names and contact information is probably going to be a good start for you, along with, you know, all the medical, your medications that you and your loved ones are on. I think that's a pretty great start. Keep it somewhere safe that everyone knows where and how to access it. It means you can't stash it away thinking it's safe and forget where it's at. We already talked about that. You'll always have the reminder of Organize Your Health or Organize Your Medical History Month to remind you again, because you know, that's not obscure at all. And everybody talks about it all the time. So you're absolutely going to remember every year to do this. <laughs> yes, that was sarcasm. Um, the next one will sound like I'm just kind of making stuff up because of the connotation well, usually negative. And I kind of wanted to fit something funny in between some of these because some of them are quite serious and sometimes it's just good to have a laugh. But I did want to mention it because it's funny and it just happens to be this month. Squirrel Awareness Month. And there's a differentiation apparently because this is noted that it's not the same as Squirrel Appreciation Day, which happens in January. Like what? <laughs> There's a Squirrel Awareness Day, first of all, but not only that, there's also an appreciation month or day. I mean, come on, that just doesn't seem fair. I mean, why do squirrels get an awareness and appreciation month and we just get awareness month, right? <laughs> all right. Um, so this is also Depression Education Month. Why is this one not more widely advertised? I think depression education is so important. It doesn't always look and feel the way that you think it does. And some of us have gotten really good at wearing a mask. 
about 29% of those of us with ADHD also have depression. That's almost a third. Sometimes it's depression. Sometimes it's depression that's caused by ADHD and all of the negativity that one experiences over a lifetime. But being more informed about depression can help you recognize when you're starting to spiral by being more mindful of your thoughts, can help you recognize signs and symptoms in loved one. I'm going to try and post some resources for um, depression too in this show notes. The next one is Positive Attitude Month. And this is sometimes really hard for me. Constantly battling the lies of depression tells me and, you know, the ruminations from my OCD, there are times I just get stuck in pessimism. And I try really hard to stuff all that all into a box and just tell those voices to shut up. But having a positive attitude can change the trajectory of your day. Something I was told at work once was to choose my attitude. Of course, this was on a particularly not good day working the front desk at a hotel. You know, I rolled my eyes, obviously, and huffed, choose your own attitude under my breath. And, you know, I've grown up a lot since then. And it is true. You can choose your attitude. It's not always easy, but you can do it. Just try to remember when you're having your most ADHD day, week, month, whatever, and everything feels like chaos and that you somehow did something in a past life you're now paying for, that having a positive attitude can actually increase your energy level. Negative thoughts drain your energy a lot faster. Trying to have that positive attitude will not, well, you know, it'll increase your energy and it'll start putting you on the path to having control over some of that chaos. A total random one, just for oops sake, is toilet tank repair month. Yes, it is a thing. There's even a hashtag, hashtag toilet tank repair month. You go make sure your toilet isn't running, which is actually what it's for. Sarcastic awareness month. <laughs> Are there any ADHDers that aren't sarcastic? I haven't met any, so if you know some, let me know. This is really starting to feel like October gets me, right? Here's another fun one. Pickled peppers month. It is another totally rando, but seriously, do people just get together and see who can say Peter Piper pecked a peck of pickled peppers rhyme over and over faster and faster and then just eat a bunch of them? I'm guessing probably so. This one is the last one. I think this is my favorite thing to celebrate this October, aside from Halloween. National Cookie Month. Yes, please. I will take about a dozen insomnia cookies, s'mores cookies. This one needs no further explanation. In all seriousness, though, I really do want to take advantage of this month. There is just so much misinformation and so many myths still surrounding ADHD. You know, you've got doctors that still don't necessarily believe in it, that aren't fully trained. And the stigma is still stifling. And so many people are afraid to say anything to anyone, friends, family, coworkers about mental health, anything just because of fear of judgment and rejection, just looked down on or pitied, viewed in a different way than they're currently viewed. Here are a few things to get us started. 
the ADHD slash ADD awareness ribbon is orange, if you didn't know, which, you know, kind of fits in because October, Halloween, orange. If you want to wear one or display one, that's the color you go for. You could always use it to start conversations about ADHD and educate people too, since likely they'll ask you what it's for. You know, most people will expect a pink ribbon for breast cancer awareness in October and not an orange one. ADHD facts um, that you can pass along if you want. I'm going to have a lot of these this month, but just a couple right now. ADHD isn't just a childhood disorder, and it can be chronic over your lifespan. Around 4% of adults over 18 deal with ADHD. If everyone just grew out of it, I wouldn't even have a podcast. I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Many of us, especially those of us who are primary and attentive type, often aren't even diagnosed until adulthood, especially women. And there's many reasons, such as we just, you know, we get good at finding ways to cope until we just can't anymore, until life or adulting, I should say, just gets to the point where you can't cope and you need help. And that's when you get diagnosed. Misdiagnosis is a huge one since so many other diagnoses have similar symptoms that sometimes overlap like depression, anxiety, PTSD, autism, bipolar, or even personality disorder may be diagnosed for years before ever getting to an ADHD diagnosis. And many times they're comorbid, which means, you know, you have both or multiple. And so, yeah, they are overlapping. Something else I learned while researching some of this stuff, and this one kind of blew my mind, is that Kentucky where I live, has the highest rate of ADHD in the country, according to Healthline, 14.8%. Followed by Arkansas with 14.6%, Louisiana 13.3%, Indiana 13%, and then it drops significantly to 7% for Delaware and South Carolina. They're tied. I don't know that's a good thing, but 14.8%, the highest, is in Kentucky which just seems really odd to me, especially since I feel like the resources are lacking so much here. I think for kids, there's a lot more than there are for adults anyway. There aren't many support groups, if any. There aren't as many doctors for adults. It's all geared towards children, which makes more sense. Even though this episode has been more about things going on this month, other than ADHD, you know, many of them still apply to us and could even be, you know, good things to remember, besties with ADHD aware month, you know. So I felt it was important to mention them because I think some of those are things we don't even think about, but they're important. In the next episode, I will be going more into the myths and facts, you know, and point you towards as many resources I can for yourself and so you can pass them on to your loved ones to check out. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to go and check out YouTube, um, Jessica McCabe has the How to ADHD. She's got some really great videos that explain ADHD to people. So in the meantime, let's try and break the stigma of ADHD. We can do it together. 
Thank you for listening to Excuse My ADHD. If you like what you hear, don't forget to please subscribe, rate, and leave an awesome review. Show notes and social media links are available at www.excusemyadhd.com. Until next time.